Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Three guys, Duncan, Dave and Andy. A preacher, a leader and a designer who want to explore ways to live life with a little less friction. A hive of conversation waxing lyrical on faith, family and friendship. Welcome to the Waggle Dance Podcast. Hey Waggle Dance crew, you're back with us. We are so glad of your company wherever you're listening to us today. You could well be walking the dog, you could well be doing the ironing, you could well be sitting on a train going to a business meeting. Wherever you're listening to us, we we love your company and interact with us. Tell us what's going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Waggle Dance Podcast. My name's Duncan Banks. And I'm sitting in my friend Andy's studio with my good mate, Dave. And we're talking about life. We're talking about life beyond COVID. In fact, we're making some manifesto promises about our lives, about how different and how better we're going to be in a post-COVID world. It's summertime, 2021. And we've got four or five months left of this year. And we are determined to make the most of it. And if you remember, in our last episode, we had an, an email, which we rarely get because, you know, this is an increasingly unpopular podcast for the nation. Um, but when they do come, they're great. And so you feel free to email us. But Mrs. Buttercream from uh, Bakewell on Sea had uh, written in asking for some dad jokes. And uh, it just it's gone down a bomb. You love them. Especially Andy's joke, which made us all cringe. So um, you have to go back and listen to that one. So, boys, um, why don't we dive in with a few more dad jokes? Because it seems, it seems, you know, we're hitting the youth audience with a dad joke. <laughs> so, <laughs> why don't you start us off, Andy? You ready? Go on then. Okay. What do you call a line of men waiting to get haircuts? Don't know. What do you call a line of men waiting to get haircuts? A barbecue. A barbecue. No. No, see, it can only get better. Is that a dad joke or is that a Christmas cracker joke? I'm mm. not. That's, there's a fine there's line. Plan. Is it a pun? A barbecue. A barbecue. (laughs) Could be all of those. Goodness me. Yeah, you've got to improve on that, though. Come on, Dave. Come on, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, I should share with you, boys. I'm on a whiskey diet. I've lost three days already. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got this? Good. The the number for Alcoholics Anonymous will flash across. Well, funny enough, I do. Do you want another one? Shall I pitch in with another one? Oh, you've got another one. Go on in. Well, I hope this isn't one that I've repeated already. My wife asked me to stop singing Wonderwall to her. I said, maybe. <laughs> Edit that one she asked you to <laughs> sing it to her. <laughs> we can Did hear you? the whole nation going, oh, as they listen to this. The poor waggle dance. Do you think nation. anybody's listening? don't know. Dave, no. you got any more? Thanks. Well, did you hear about the man that was addicted to brake fluid? He says he can stop any time. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than mine. Can you edit mine out? Makes oh, me look bad. What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Carrot. Yeah. Hey, that is a great dad joke, isn't it? Oh, I got one like that. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. This is the bit where you say control freak who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you see, you've, you've waited to the last episode to shine brightly, haven't you, Banksy? <laughs> Thank you so much. It's good. We like Hey, that. come on, let's get on with these personal declarations oh, yeah. of doing life better in a post-COVID world because we're all... Sick to death with restrictions, sick to death with lockdowns. It feels like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we've learned to live better through COVID and we're determined to carry on living better in a post-COVID 
world. So, Dave, what we're we talking about in this final episode of Series 3? Yeah, so so far we've talked about our work life, we've talked about living life more adventurously or more sustainably or more healthily, um, but tonight for the last one we want to talk about our faith, we want to how we can be more intentional about our faith in a post-pandemic world. Okay, well I'm interested as always to hear what your stories are, you know I'm a preacher and I'm always interested to hear how people intend to be more mature um, in their in their faith going forward, more intentional in their faith. So I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say, Andy, and what you have to say, Dave. Let me set the scene. Uh, and as usual, I think I'm going to be a little controversial, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few emails from Mrs. Buttercream and others. But let me kick off by asking you a question, guys. Have you ever met someone who you might consider to have, you know, an unshakable faith? If you, can you think of those people that it doesn't, and, and you're, you might well be listening to this and you've got no faith of your own, you don't believe in God, but, but maybe you've come across somebody who it doesn't, doesn't matter what life throws at them, it doesn't matter what comes along and comes their way, they just have this kind of never-ending confidence that God is on his throne and is in control and God's, God's involved somehow in whatever's going on in their lives. Nothing just, nothing seems to shake them. Have you, have you met people like that? Yeah. Can you think of people like that? Yeah. How about you, Dave? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, all through my life. Those are the people that help me reinf- help to reinforce my own faith, seeing yeah. how they cope with those situations. Yeah. And it, what I find interesting, when I meet people like that, and, and I'm sure you do the same, and anybody listening to this would do the same, you, you often ask yourself the question, goodness me, I, I wonder how I would respond if That's that so were to true. happen to me. If life was to throw at me what they threw, what life threw at them, how would I cope? Um, how would I respond? Um, I want to take you back to our last series of the podcast. Do you remember, boys, we, we, this is while we were all in lockdown, so we recorded it all on Zoom. Uh, we did a series that we call I've Got a Friend Who, and we all invited a friend onto the podcast. And I invited a man called Joel Edwards. And uh, I've known Joel for... 30 years and we talked about uh, I've got a friend who taught me that white people have it better than black people and we talked about racism and Joel was so eloquent and so erudite uh, as a black man talking about um, the, the issue of racism in our world and it was a brilliant podcast we got so many great listens and so many comments from people off the back of that about three or four weeks after that podcast Joel calls me and said Duncan I've been diagnosed with cancer and it's terminal, and I've only got weeks or months to live, you know. And it, it I, I'm, Joel is my hero. Joel is my mentor. Joel is one of those people that he's got an unshakable faith. Whatever life seems to throw at Joel, it, it's amazing how he, he just believes that God's in control, you know. And sure enough, must have been three weeks ago now, Joel died. And the following day, the day after he, di- he died, disappeared in my email inbox um dear friend this is to say a final goodbye first my incredible thanks for your prayers your love and holding on with me to that fingernail miracle words cannot express the depth breadth and height of my gratitude but i've gone home 
My earnest prayer is that your faith and tenacity on my behalf would not be considered a pointless religious exercise, but it would, it would have strengthened your faith in a God who is marvellous, mysterious, majestic in all that he does, the faithful one. He's writing this on his deathbed. And he says this to conclude, he says, I commend my family to you. I know you'll watch over them in the months and years ahead. And I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build us up and give us an inheritance among those that are being saved. And he finishes the last line. He says, I wait to welcome you. Can't wait to see him again in heaven. And I read that, you know, and I wept. And, you know, it's, well, it's probably three or four weeks now since Joel's died and there's not a day goes past when I don't think about him. He was such a big man in my life. And when I received that, I remember just sitting there thinking, where does that kind of faith come from? You know, how, how do I get the kind of faith that Joel's got? But in order for me to answer that question, I'm going to have to take you back to the mid-1970s, take you back to a little old-fashioned dare I say it, boring little church in a place called Greenford in northwest London. You see, my best friend back then in my late teens was a, uh, a mate of mine called Bernie. And Bernie's still one of my best friends. We've known each other since we were little kids at primary school. And my parents never sent me to church. Bernie's parents did take Bernie to church and Bernie became a Christian. And I played football with Bernie. We, you know, we rummaged around the park together and there was something about Bernie's life that I didn't have I mean he had the same issues to deal with as a teenager that I did with girls and parents and school and teachers and all the rest of it and mates but he seemed to deal with it with something deep inside of him that I didn't have and it was so attractive to me and I wanted it I sat down with Bernie and I asked him about it and he introduced me to Jesus and I can remember becoming a Christian and going with him to his church and that little church taught me that if I was going to be intentional about my faith, which is what we're talking about tonight, then I had to understand something really important. They told me that I had to understand that in life, some things are sacred or, or spiritual and that these things really matter to God. These sacred things really matter to God. And on the other hand, this church taught me that some things are secular. They're not sacred at all. They're secular. They're physical. And they don't matter to God. In fact, God doesn't like them. Now, the problem with that mindset, that way of thinking, is that most of our lives are secular, right? They're not sacred. We live most of our lives in the secular world, not the sacred world. You know, praying and reading the Bible and going to church, even for the most spiritual person, that's probably about 5% of their lives, their everyday lives, you know, if you're really spiritual. But the other 95% of life, you know, the going to work, the cutting the lawn, the going to buy toilet roll at the supermarket, you know, the hoovering, the lounge, the cooking, the washing, the ironing, the, the reading the book, the watching TV, the doing the endless emails, you know, that's the other 95% of life. So you see the problem if you live with this sacred, secular kind of mindset, this divide, is that God doesn't like 95% of your life. Do, do you see what I'm getting at here? 95% of your life is those everyday things and God doesn't like them and God doesn't want to be involved with them because they're not sacred, they're secular. You know, in fact, more than that, that kind of mindset that this church taught me and I had to shake off 
it makes people feel guilty. It made me feel guilty because I think to myself that what I do every day, you know, the mundane, the work, the rest and the play, it's meaningless to God because it's not, it's not sacred. It's not spiritual. So I very quickly, I came to discover that this, this kind of spiritual secular view of life isn't just wrong theologically. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous. I mean, did, did you know, Andy and Dave, and those of you listening on the podcast, did you know that there is no word for spiritual in the Hebrew language? Now, the Hebrew language, which is the language that Jesus spoke, the Hebrew language makes up the first three quarters of our Bibles. And if you were to look up the word spiritual, do a word search for the word spiritual in the Old Testament part of the Bible, which is the Bible that Jesus used, it's not there. Why? Because in the Hebrew worldview, world all of life is spiritual. There's no divide. And this is super important for anyone who wants to be intentional with their faith. And it's important for one big reason. Because if you went to Jesus and you said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? I mean, honestly, Jesus would look at you confused. Because he would say, I don't know what you're talking about. You mean, how's my life? How's all of my life? Because Jesus knows, Jesus knew that God wanted to be involved in every square inch of our lives. You see, if all of life is spiritual, then all things matter to God. So how you play football matters to God. How you wash the dishes matters to God. How you answer emails, pay bills, how you make love to your wife, how you make a phone call to a friend or a business um, partner. All that stuff matters to God and God wants to be involved in all of it. And I saw that in the life of Joel Edwards, this unshakable faith, you know, because everything in life mattered to God. And, and what I saw in Joel, even beyond his death, I just wanted in my life as well. So I can hear the pushback from people listening to this as well. You saying to me, Duncan, I don't need to read the Bible anymore. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to pray. Of course, I don't say that. But if you take that 5% of what's considered spiritual and move it into the 95% of everyday life, if you can spot God in the everyday, that's being intentional with your faith. So I am done. Honestly, Dave, Andy, I am done with preachers telling me that, you know, in order to grow my faith, I've got to read the Bible more. In fact, I sat in church just before the pandemic and I sat seething because the guy who was preaching said, if you want to know Jesus more, you need to read the Bible more. And honestly, everything within me wanted to stand up and say, excuse me, sir, I've tried that. It doesn't work. Have you got anything else? It's so much more than just reading the Bible. God is not just stuck with the Bible. He's in every day. And you know what? The, the more I've spotted God in the everyday, in the mundane, in the 95% of life, the more it's pushed me back into talking to him. My prayer life never gets more on fire. The more it's pushed me back to open my version Bible app and read the scriptures and, and get hungry for them. The more it's pushed me into sharing my faith with other people, the more it's made me want to sit with you guys. You know, to be honest, as I was driving to your house tonight, Andy, I, I was feeling tired. I was feeling a bit battered and I I was feeling a bit empty inside spiritually. And there was something within me saying, I can't wait to be with Dave around the table. I can't wait to be with Andy and my buddies. because And I can feel it now. It's just doing my soul good. Um, yeah. So looking for God in the everyday, 
looking for God in that 95%, not having a sacred secular divide has helped me be so much more intentional with my face because I've spotted him all over the place at football matches, doing emails, cutting the grass like I did yesterday. You just find God in the everyday and you realise, you know, he's not just confined to a church service or a few words from the scriptures or a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. So just to finish with, I'm interested, where, where do you see God in the everyday? You know, away from the obvious spiritual answers, where do you see God? Dave, you talk about being in a car, driving up and down motorways and in business meetings. Andy, you talk about creative, uh, working independently in creative things. I mean, just recently, where have you seen God in the mundane, the ordinary, the everyday, the unexpected places? Because if you could spot him there and see him there and, and point him out there, then then you're going to be so much more intentional with your faith. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. I think really powerful. And yeah, like I mean, I knew Joe uh pretty well but nowhere near as well as you did Duncan and, and yeah it certainly um rocked my world to learn of his passing so soon mm. after we did that podcast I mean of all the podcasts that we've done that is that's up there as one that that taught me so much mm. and I went away realizing that I needed to reshape my thinking more as a result of what he'd said um and I've had conversations at work about you know how we ensure that we are a fully inclusive organization as off the back mm. of what he he said it was so powerful and anybody listening to this who's not um heard it i'd really yeah, recommend go back and, go back, yeah. and yeah. go back and listen and listen to it so so yeah i just want to add add to that uh the comments that you spoke about him and that email that he wrote you um it's powerful it's emotional um brought a lump to my throat as you were reading it but doesn't surprise me that is the kind of that's the that's what joel was all about is is his way that he thought about other people so so i kind of just wanted to add that context to what you said about about joel um and i think um for me we spoke in the last podcast and podcast and i spoke about in in the third episode as well about you know traveling to scotland and say you know you asked where where have I seen God recently in the everyday? You know, for me it was climbing up the mountain yeah. with, with a dog and uh, and my eldest daughter, and we were ahead of my wife and and Minnie, who's my youngest, and um, and just the most incredible, beautiful scenery that that just you know why is it if the, if there isn't something spiritual that makes that moment that wonder of that creation and those views you know what brings that appreciation to everybody's heart that you know there has to be something you know i call it a creation i always call those moments a creation appreciation moment so you know it 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 is something that lifts our spirits that is spiritual about about i think walking a mountain and seeing amazing scenery but it wasn't just that it was the kind of conversation that i could have with rose that that i wouldn't normally have had and so we we talked about things that were a bit deeper and um and and i think when you feel your insignificance in the vastness of that landscape it kind of doesn't make you more open to those conversations so 
So I saw God in the in the amazing beauty of the surroundings, but I saw it in the power of the of the conversations that I could have with Rose, my artist. And you weren't yeah. reading a Bible, and you weren't singing a worship song in church, and you weren't in a prayer yeah. meeting. Not saying those things are wrong, but when you see God in the everyday, it drives you back into those. I might have hummed well. Kumbaya on the way <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, honestly, I was in the co-op in my local town, just a little tiny shop in a little, in I, little kind of market town. Um, and a, there was an elderly lady scuffling around with a little basket trying to get bits and pieces. You know, she must have been way into her 80s. And she dropped a ten-pound note on the floor, and you know, hug a hoodie. This hoodie, hooded teenager, bent down and picked it up. And I thought, oh, interesting. This he taps her on the shoulder and gives her the tenner back. And she was so grateful and so thankful, thankful for. Her. And it, I, that's that's the beauty of God at work. And yeah. those two people might never have been to church or know mm. Jesus, but that kindness in humanity. It was. Yeah. I just saw God in that moment. Mm. Know, I can remember being at um, uh, Ipswich Town. And watching a full, this is a couple of seasons about with you, Dave. And um, uh, I, it was, you know, the end of the season, the players come out on the last game and they walk around the pitch with the kids. And uh, I, f- I think it was, do you remember the striker, Alan Lee, that Ipswich mm. used, used to have? I'm sure it was him. I can't remember for sure because it was quite a while back. My, my, my middle son, who's just got engaged, was only about nine or 10 years old then. But I just remember, I think it was Alan Lee, he, he was carrying his boots. And as he, as he walked past the, 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 the area that they've marked off for wheelchairs, there was a, you know, a young lad sat in a wheelchair with the Ipswich Town top on, obviously had some fairly severe disabilities. And Alan Lee goes over to him and puts his football boots on this lad's lap. And I thought to myself, that lad's never going to, his legs don't work. That lad's never going to put those boots on. But the joy on that little lad he threw his arms up in the air and he was so excited that Alan Lee had given him his football boots that I just saw God in that and it, it pushes me to appreciate God and appreciate what God has put into humans and it pushes me back into mm. his word and it pushes me to want to go to church and celebrate things like that yeah if we can see God in the everyday whether yeah. it's a conversation with our daughter football boots to a lad in a wheelchair beautiful scenery in in scotland whatever it is i mean how about you andy yeah. where, where have you well there's a couple of things i just want to touch on and, and the first one is joel um uh, like dave uh, he, that podcast really did have a a big impact on me not least the guy had a wicked sense of humor funny. he really was mainly, funny mainly at my expense yeah, well, you're true um <laughs> so yeah um you talk about you know people in our lives who demonstrate um a degree of faith that is staggering you know and joel for sure was one of those um people and um my dad too um towards the back end of his life uh when he was a terraplegic and needed his hands kind of raised up when they were you know saying prayers you know the uh, he planned his funeral Mm. you know he was um but he shone so brightly towards the end of his life but i just want to talk just touch on this five to the 95 this five percent of life back into the mainstream of life and I, I I really get that and and I think it's so important I've heard you mention it before which is um, you know in, in the gatherings that people you know when Christians get together and they they're having a laugh and a joke and they're sharing stories and they're saying man come on we need to uh, get into or come into God's presence Let's or invite. Be spiritual now. Yeah, yeah yeah so that really um, you know that's something that I think you know, you, you really called out and, and it should be called out. Um, and so that led me on to think, well, 
you've got Dave um, in the most beautiful mountain scenery and and having conversations that um, that land heavily, you know, with your girls and um, and I think it's when we look for it. Mm. And I think that's partly about a posture of looking for it. Um, there's a film, Sherlock Holmes, um, and uh, yeah, it's one of the ones by Guy Ritchie. And, and Holmes, um, yeah, walks into a situation and sees this thin strip of glass that's invisible uh, that would have taken um, uh, his sidekick out. And uh, he said, well, how did you see that? How did you see that? Uh, and Holmes says, because I was looking for it. Yeah. And I think that posture of um, of looking for God in the places that we work, that we live, our economies, if you will, um, I think that's really important. So I, I I really subscribe to that. That it's not about the place that you uh, that you go and worship. It's the life that you lead. So I uh, really connected. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I used to. We used to have a small group that met around my house ten years or so ago, and once mm. a month we'd have fish and chips together around my dining room table, um, and we'd chat and talk about life, and then yeah. we would move into the lounge and and read the Bible and talk and pray together. And every time, once a month, every time we would sit around the table chatting about life and work and our families and all that kind of stuff, somebody would say, come on then, let's, we need to go be spiritual now. And every time I would say, are you saying that what we've just done isn't spiritual? Has God not been involved in any of this? Are we yeah. just, are we now going to go into my lounge and God suddenly go, now they're finally paying attention? I can't believe that. Mm. And I get so cross. If I, I'm sorry if anybody listening here would, is a worship leader in church, but... I get so cross with worship leaders who stand on the stage and say, come on, let's get move into the presence of God. I want to, again, I want to stop, pull the plug out and say, excuse me, let me know how on earth do you get out of the presence of God? <laughs> I would love to know that in order for, you, for us now yeah. to come into the presence of God. Yeah. You know, and I know what they're saying. I know they're saying, let's push the other distractions away and focus. Yeah. More. Of course I get yeah. that. But it just reinforces this idea that God's involved when we sing Martin Smith worship lyrics or Bethel songs, you know, but he's not involved in anything else. Yeah. And it's, we can't afford to live like that. Yeah. We can't afford to reduce God to the 5% when the other 95% he's involved with and passionate about and it matters to him. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway, we could talk about this for ages as well. And I want to know what your manifestos mm. are. Yeah. So go on, let's start with you, Andy. What's okay. your manifesto about okay. being more intentional with your faith? Just before I start on uh, the big reveal, it's not that much of a big reveal, but um, Rob Bell, do you remember he did uh, Everything is Holy? Everything is Spiritual. Uh, Everything spiritual. Um, and it, it's exactly the idea, mm. isn't it? Which is you don't step out of a room where God isn't. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. everywhere and all around. Yeah. So it's a posture of you know, looking for it. So, yeah, this final episode. Um, can I just ask, Duncan, was there a reason why you chose the theme of faith to close out this, um, this six-parter? Um, to be honest, I thought it was Dave's idea. Ah, oh, okay. Great. <laughs> That's good. And I do whatever Dave says, you know that. Well, I think as a leader, it's important well, to... Well, always, uh, you, always, you always default to the man who's the most handsome in the room. Yeah. So whatever Dave says, we yeah. just go with, don't we? I'm, I'm going to run with that. Yeah. Yeah, we can... Prep. Yeah, good. <laughs> Shall I get into my... Um, my declaration. Yeah, let's. <laughs> okay. You look a bit flushed. <laughs> well, it's warm in here. Um, and I've got a long sleeve top on. Not a good idea. So I have to be honest, I struggled with this theme a little bit. Um, I found the preparation a little bit of a challenge. Um, and I also thought, well, I'm not sure I want to publicize my inner workings of my faith. Um, oh, go on. That's private. It's personal. Yeah, but get it isn't out it? there. It's nothing to do with anyone else. You know what I think and believe. But, and here's the but. 
because you knew there was going to be one. How I act and behave in the world is deeply affected by what I think and believe. True. Isn't it? Especially when it comes to playing out my faith. So what I believe um, informs how I influence and affect others. You know, Andrea, my wife, you, my buddies, you know, my faith is a big part of who I am. So my declaration of intent when it comes to faith and belief, well, do you know what the answer is? It's be intentional, which is in the title. So Dave made it super easy for me to land on that. It's be intentional. And it's a word that, you know, Dave, you've used, you know, throughout the seasons of the Waggle Dance podcast. So that's it, really. You could end it there. And if you're listening to the next few minutes, you might wish that I had. Genuinely. So, so just, just so I'm clear on this then. So, yeah. So under the title of um, being more intentional yeah. of your faith, yeah. your manifesto is be intentional. to be more intentional. Well, let me unpack it, okay, because okay. I, I knew you'd say something like that. <laughs> it's about being purposeful and deliberate. Okay. Okay, so that, is that just go. intentional in different words? Well, no. Okay. Uh, because if it meant the same thing, they'd, well, it'd just be one word, wouldn't it? But I, I love the way that I'm, I'm spotlighting on this because it's true, isn't it? And which is why I dial back. I found this quite challenging because I, I thought I don't want to publicize my inner workings. Actually, sometimes it's quite difficult to wrap language around something so deeply personal about something so vast and so big and om, omnipotent. You know, God. Om, om, omnipotent. Omnipotent. That's, that's God. Uh, it's the vastness, the yeah. all-powerful God. You know, that's... Yeah, well, I want to unpack that on a podcast. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, which is what I'm doing a bad attempt doing. So the second part is faith. Well, complete trust and confidence. You know, we're to, I think it's helpful to understand, for me anyway, you know, the definition of what that faith word means. So in the context of this podcast, faith and belief in Jesus and who he was, what he did, why he did it, and the difference it makes in our lives. Yeah in Joel's life, in your life, in Dave's life. And maybe to your life, if you're listening. So the title of the episode is The Call to Action for me. Um, don't you think? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, to yeah. be intentional. Um, in the last episode, I shared a declaration of intent when it comes to setting up a schedule so it's the best day I can have. Well, when it comes to being purposeful about following Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, well, that's about setting time aside, isn't it? You know, and I must admit, I'm glad that I didn't hinge my entire declaration around reading the Bible because Duncan debunked that with his piece. <laughs> but actually, it's a factor, isn't it? Um, but it's not just about that. It's a constituent part of the story of finding and following and pursuing a life of faith and belief. But it is about our attention and it's about connecting to his word. And part of that is by reading or by praying, um, discussing it like in this podcast. You know, where we share and we don't always disagree, we don't always agree, although we do agree about a lot. Um, and actually, one of the things we do really agree on, which is without debate, is the role that Jesus plays in our lives. Yeah. So thoughts, actions and behaviours, um, I hope and I try to apply uh, my faith into the small and the big, the small groups, the things that I lean into, the, the things that I'm asked and the things I ask of myself. So preparing for this podcast, I'll be honest, helps me ordered scattered thoughts when it comes to faith and belief, because it is quite a complex, involved, deep subject, I think. Although we're also told that to have faith like a child, to not overthink it, to not make it complex, because it's quite easy to make complex, isn't it? 
So this process helps me understand what I think. And writing does that. And asking questions yeah. does that. And the listeners will no doubt have questions too about what it means to live a life of faith and belief. So my declaration of intent. Well, Duncan, it's probably a statement you'd say, I want to get practical. Mm. I want to get practical when it comes to growing my faith. I do. I set up my day, despite the busyness and distractions and diversions of earning a living, of walking the dog, of driving my son to work. Well, Andrea, my wife, she was intentional when she made a suggestion of, actually, why don't we watch a video? Why don't we watch a small video that's locked onto a little verse and with a bit of a call to action as well? Take about three minutes. Have it, you know, with a cup of tea, sitting in the bed. Is that the, is that the you version? It is. Yeah, yeah, it's an app. And unsurprisingly, what's it called? The Bible. The app. Bible app. Yeah. yeah. It's and really it's, good. It's it? absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, it sets up the day and I, I don't know about you guys or if you're listening I need discipline because I can get a bit unruly or I can get lazy um, and I quite like routine and order so for us uh, this faith well it's a relationship thing it's a relationship that I have with Jesus and that's about spending time of paying attention and actually being quiet and not doing too much talking which I'm not really very good at at times but it is like a friendship, not out of a sense of duty. And I think that was one of the things that you said, Duncan, at the top of this podcast, which is perhaps some of us move into that routine of faith. We turn up on a Sunday or we sing the songs or we welcome others into those environments too, which is important, but it becomes a bit samey where you want a relationship to grow and evolve and develop. A walk with God. A walk with God. That sounds audacious to me. To walk with an omnipotent God? Well, actually, yes, because he came down to planet Earth in the form of Jesus. He made that relationship possible to walk with God. And if it sounds like I'm struggling a bit, that overwhelms me, Mm. truly overwhelms me. But it helps me attempt to align my heart with his, with one of love and compassion and kindness and generosity, and to change my posture so I see him in the ordinary and in the extraordinary, in the hope that I grow. Well, that's the plan anyway. And I'm kind of getting there, I think. So finally, I also remind myself that this is a world that I'm passing through. Uh, At times, it's not a world I feel part of in a strange sort of way, when you see and hear stories of hatred and bitterness, regret, and then you get the, the most wonderful stories that we witness. And we meet somebody, albeit briefly for me, somebody like Joel, whose briefness hardly does justice the impact it has on on our lives. So Dave Duncan and you, the listener, I want to close my contribution to this last episode of season three of the Bible Dance podcast with two things. A quote, because I do that. I do that. You do that. that. It's your thing. And my declaration. Do you ever quote me? All the time, Duncan. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) So faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews 11.1. My declaration of intent? It's in the title, I've already told you. It's in this friendship group. It's being intentional. But it's also a word that Dave dropped in in one of the early seasons. It's being relentless in that pursuit, despite the challenges that life throws at you, and they'll come. It's about being relentless. I think we've got a theme going here, haven't we? We have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's really helpful. Listen, you talking about you and Andrea, just 
you know, looking at a, a, a video to inspire you at the start of the day. I'm so glad you said that because I was, I was just thinking to myself, you know, there's that quote that I'm sure you've heard before about our, our direction, not our intention gets us to our destination. For sure. You know, so, so you could, you know, where we live in Suffolk, you could be driving down the A140 and you, when you drive down the A140, it, you get to the T junction at the bottom. And if you go left along the A14, you get to Felixstowe. If you go right along the A14, you get to Cambridge. So it would kind of be crazy, wouldn't it, if you and I said, hey, let's let's go to Cambridge. And we go down the A140, we get to the T-junction, and yeah, our intention is we're going to go to Cambridge. But we turn left and we go towards Felixstowe. Mm. It doesn't matter what our intention Our intention was to go and spend the day in Cambridge, look at the nice buildings, right. have some food. But we're driving, that was our intention, but we're driving in the wrong direction. So it's the direction that you take. So it's easy to say, I'm going to be intentional about my faith. But then you have to say, but the direction I'm going to go in is I'm going to, you know, spend three minutes watching a video on the Bible app every morning. That's one step in the right direction mm. to being intentional with my faith. I love that. It's great. Mm. Really good. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. And I thought it was such a, a powerful um, conversation that you, you had with us about, about what you're planning to do and, and, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think it was great. I think it was some really good ideas for you to share. So thank you. Um, I suppose the bit that I wanted to talk about really when I was thinking about this was I wanted to recognize and honor the fact that people listening to this will be, will be on a faith journey. I think one of the things, you know, I came to find my faith when I was in my early thirties. So, you know, uh, I've probably been someone who would say they'd have a faith and be a Christian for, for less time than than I probably would say that I didn't realize about my faith. So so I suppose I want to kind of just, I think one of the things that I felt I needed to talk about is that when I look back, I was on a faith journey and there will come a point when maybe we decide that our faith is something that we are more committed to. Um, but, but we all are on some kind of a faith journey, even if we feel we've got absolutely no faith at all and we think the whole God thing's a complete load of hooey. Um, we are still on a faith a faith journey. And so I kind of wanted to just recognize that so that perhaps we should have said that at the start rather than after 35 minutes into the podcast. But um, so I think for wherever you are on your faith journey, I'd really hope that some of the stuff we talk about might actually be useful and might, and might resonate. That's my That was sort of my first point that I felt. So you can be intentional about your faith, even if actually your faith is that you don't believe in God and 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 that might be a journey of discovery or inquisitiveness that that I think might happen and can, I think that can I ask you sorry yeah, to, sure. to, I just, how did your faith journey, so I think it's great that you said you know there might be people listening to this that wouldn't wouldn't call themselves religious or or god botherer or a jesus follower or anything but but this you know they're, they're interested enough to keep listening but how as a 30 year old man then how did you start your faith journey how did it happen for you I think I'd always been inquisitive I'd always wondered um, and it always felt like you know so you know you know when you're three and you ask the question why all the time so you just keep asking why well you know that that I kind of had grown out of that by the time I was 30, <laughs> but but, but I couldn't make sense of the whole, you know, what are we here? There must be some kind of greater purpose. And I'd always been inquisitive, but I'd kind of been put off, if I'm honest. I grew up next to a 
church we live next door to a church and and i told this story on the, one of the earlier episodes but it always used to a barrier for me was that i would see these people go into the church next door to us on a sunday morning pray to god and do all their their churchy things then they'd come out and accidentally reverse their cars too far smash into our fence which we owned which was next to the car the car park that was that was next door and when my dad would go around and challenge him, so you just reversed into my friends, flatly deny it. And, you know, it was like <laughs> 10 minutes ago, you were in church. So so it was the people that kind of put me off, really. And I suppose once I got beyond that and thought that I actually need to make that kind of connection and find out, that's when I went on this sort of journey of discovery that ultimately led me to a position to decide that actually irrespective because it is faith yeah none of us know for certain um it's it's a faith for for that exactly what it is you have to have faith that this is the right thing it's no there's no certainty we're not going to find that out until until we get to the end of our lives um so i just felt that like living a christian life was a contagious and attractive way to live your life even if actually that the the God thing was not was not true. So so I do believe in God and I do genuinely uh, have that faith in Him. But actually, irrespective of of that, I think it's hard to not or hard to deny. Get the right way around. It's hard to deny that that a Christian way of life is not just a great way to live your life. And the yeah. way that we're taught through the Bible is just a better way to live your life. And my life has been immeasurably better because of the faith practices that I've tried to live out in it since I since I decided to be more intentional and more practical and more adherent to following that that faith. So that's yeah, that, that's that's that would be and my answer to that. And I think to continue with where I was going to go with it. So I think the pandemic has caused all of us, wherever we are on our faith journey, yeah. to to consider more about those things. Absolutely. There is lots of evidence about, you know, Google searches and everything else that yeah. would say that lots more people have, have thought, what is this all about yeah. when, uh, when a pandemic comes along and has caused them to qu- to ask themselves some deeper questions. Um, so... So I think my other pandemic experience has been really, I suppose, you know, so I go to a church, have been going to a church right the way up until the pandemic hit. And, and that was a, a big part of my uh, faith life. And, and what happened was that for a variety of reasons, although the church continued with online services, that my kind of connection with that church and with those involved with it just, just finished as we went into, into lockdown. And the only time I had contact from those people that worked within the church was when they wanted something from me, either to appear in something they were doing online or, or to give them money. Um, and and that caused me some disappointment and angst with, with, with the church, I suppose. Um, and also because I didn't really relate to the online um, services, it caused me to look around and think about what else I could do and what other tools I could find to help me with my my faith. And, you know, as we've talked about before, and as you mentioned earlier, actually us getting together as as a, as a group of three guys and, and, and chatting together, whether it be over Zoom or when we've been able to face-to-face, is one way that actually helps me to 
to hold me to account uh, over my faith, which is important, but also to, to, to learn and to grow in my faith. So what I think I've learned through the pandemic is, is one, is that I need to live my life in a way that lives out my faith, that makes that faith aware uh, and able to be seen by others that it's that the, the way i live my life has an element of being contagious about it that other people want to grab some of what i what i have and what i show through the way that i live my life and i think that's really important particularly you know as i'm in a leadership position at work so that's not about being an evangelist that's not about you know quoting the bible to people that i work with or or putting my faith into into what I do with work in terms of overtly telling them about it. But it's about the way that I try to lead with integrity and the way that I try to work honours my faith and and causes them to ask me questions. And there are odd occasions. I mean, funny enough, in putting this together, there was one that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. A guy came to one of our clubs who was a supplier. He was coming to measure up for something that we were potentially going to be... Um, having done in the club and some work that was done in the club and he was going to quote for it known him for a few years because we both worked in the industry for a long time <clears throat> and we sat at a coffee afterwards and he was just chatting about how things were and how we would how i was doing etc and he just said to me he said uh, you're a man of faith aren't you hmm. and it was one of those where it was like i, I just yeah it was one of those strange moments that made me just stop and think wonder why you so you know we had when we then had quite a deep conversation around why he felt that what the fact that i was what 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 it was and he basically yeah it was he could see something slightly different in the way that i live my life That's and awesome. he thought that was quite Brilliant. contagious yeah. so so and i tell that story not to kind of make it sound like i'm some super spiritual hero because because i'm not there are many aspects of the way i live my life that would belie my faith and that would you know, uh, there was ways I need to get much better at that, but it was it, it brought home to me the the importance of the influence that we can have on others, and the most powerful way to share our life, uh, share our faith. Sorry, is is to is to live it out, and so that people want to find out more about. So, how can you cope with that? How are you able to deal with that situation in that way? Um, so. So I think coming out of the of the pandemic for for me, um, it's about recognizing that I shouldn't rely on on church. And I want to be clear: I'm not. Whilst yes, there were elements of what disappointed me around the way the that the church behaved. That's not to say that you know I'm therefore not going back. I mean, I, I will go back to the church when when I go back to some um, live services, etc. And you know, it's a church that's been incredibly supportive to me and my family for for many many years. So I don't want this to sound like I'm like I'm knocking it, but I think it has made me aware that I probably came to compartmentalise slightly my faith life around around going to church, and that that was that part of what we did, and and I left responsibility for my faith to to what I did through through that church. Um, and I think what the pandemic's taught me is that I will grow in my faith more and that I 
I, I'm called and I need to take responsibility for for my faith and not just rely on church. So, so for for me, I've learned that yeah, uh, everything that I do every single day should live out what I believe in. It's mm. back to what you talked about, Duncan, with your your experiences and with your church, and 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 I need to make sure that that everybody. That, well, that I realise that everybody is going to form an impression of me with all the different things that I do every day and that needs to enhance and and reinforce my faith and not cause people to question well, does he really believe that you know just like those those people that came out of the church I don't deny I'm sure they had a really deep faith but for a moment or two when they reversed into my dad's fence and then denied they'd done that they kind of didn't live their faith out and yet they'd Five minutes before, they would have been praying and singing and worshiping yeah. and and claiming their faith. So, so I think that that that's kind of what I've come to conclusion about through this pandemic, which has caused us as a family to talk quite a bit about what we do and how we how we live out our faith. So, for me, my personal manifesto as to how I'm going to be more intentional about my faith in a post-pandemic world is that I am going to take personal responsibility for deepening my faith that's great whether that be through listening to podcasts through making sure i meet up with you guys through the books that i read through the company that i keep and through the church services that i attend but it is my responsibility it's not my church it's not my pastor it's not it's not it's not down to anyone else it's down to to me to take personal responsibility for de- deepening my faith and deepening the relationship that I have with, with God. Dave, that, oh. that is huge. Isn't you know, it? As, as, a, as a preacher who's worked in churches for 30 years, my passion is to hear people who come to the church that I'm part of to say, Duncan, it's not your responsibility to grow me up in my faith, it's mine. You know, I used to say all the time, it's not my job as the preacher to feed you. You know, my job as a preacher is to make you feel hungry so you'll go away and feed yourself. Because if you came to my house on Sunday and had Sunday dinner and thought that that would be fine for the rest of the week, you don't have to have any more food because Duncan fed you on Sunday. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. um, But we think about that with church. We think church is the thing that's going to have to feed me um, and it's going to last for the whole week. You know, no, It should make you hungry so you feed mm. yourself. It seems to me, listening to you talk, Dave, that to be intentional about faith means being intentional about three relationships it's all about relationships it's about being intimate with god it's about being influential with people who are outside the faith and it's about being in community like us three blokes with people inside the faith it's those three relationships that help us to be intentional to be intimate with god through walking with god through watching youtube videos like you said or whatever it might be um, to be intimate with God, to be influential with the people who come to the club and, and other places and, and fix the, the broken things, you know, to, to live a contagious life, to be influential with people outside the faith. And then to be, you know, intentional in terms of our community with other people, whether that's in church on a Sunday, whether that's in a small group like we, you know, us three guys meeting on a regular basis to, to do life together. Um, those three relationships seem to be the answer that we're all saying to, to, to find a more intentional side of faith. 
What did you think, Andy? From what you've do you know, there's, there's parts of me that doesn't want to say anything because good. I think you good. Um, <laughs> so we'll see you at season four. Um, but genuinely, uh, I, I, I don't want to fill the airways with anything else other than, um, Dave, you've just answered the question, which is really, why, why did we end season three yeah. on faith? And I think your story is so powerful, so strong, so uh, in, in, inspiring, actually, for me, which is, it's a faith journey. Own it, be responsible for it, and don't give that responsibility away to people who yes. might just disappoint Amen. you a little bit. Preach it. So, Take responsibility. It. Oh, thanks, yeah. Andy. That's so cool. That's so cool. Let, let, let me finish with this, and then we'll, we'll talk to you about an exciting... Um, Dave's going to tell us all about what's happening in season four in a minute, and when it's happening, and what all the subjects are, and who the special guests are. But before that, let me just... Let me just drop this this thought in. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Let me drop this thought in right at the very end. There's something joke. that's been said in this podcast tonight that's blown my mind. And and if you'd have been sat in the studio now, um, watching us record this, you'd have seen it. You don't see it because you're not here with us. But Andy talked about in his little talk. He talked about walking with God. And I know Andy. And I know when he talked about the fact that God wanted to walk with him that it blew his mind. There was a little tear in his eye and it, it's a little grab at the back of his throat because the thought of his heavenly father wanting to hold his hand and walk through life with him, just po- that thought has polexed Andy tonight. And I, and I just, it, again, that's what being intentional about faith is all about. There's this incredible verse, Paul writes to the Roman Christians and he says to these Roman Christians, um, all of us have fallen short of, he describes it as the glory of God. The glory of God isn't heaven, it's the standard of God. We've all fallen short of the, well, to be honest, we all fall short of our own standards, let alone God's standard. We don't live up to our own standards, let alone the standards God said. And so Paul quite plainly says, all of us have fallen short of the standards, the glory of God. Um, so that's that's us, that's mankind, Dave, Andy, me, all of us, isn't it? we've fallen short of what God's expecting of us. And then later on in, in, in the Bible, again, Paul is writing in the New Testament another letter. And he says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The only hope, Dave, Andy and me and all our listeners have of, of being acceptable to God, of getting up to the standard God expects. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just Christ in us. So actually, you got kind of emotionally almost frightened at the thought of your heavenly father holding your hand and walking with you actually god is saying to you tonight andy uh, i don't just want to hold your hand and walk i want to live inside you i want to exchange your inability to live this christian life with my ability to live it through you i'm going to come and live inside you you know and again it it talks in the bible about the holy spirit is um is this powerful thing. It's part of who God is deep, deep within inside us. And so this, this power that blew the rock off the tomb that had Jesus locked away in it is the same power that's available in your life and in my life in order for us to live the life of faith. Because I just think some of our listeners might well be thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I could be a Christian. I'm such a mess. And God says, I know you can't. I know you can't live up to my standards. No one can. And Dave can't. Andy can't. Duncan can't. So I'm going to exchange your inability to do it and my ability to do it through you. I'm not just going to walk with you. It's me. It's Christ in you, the hope of you reaching that standard. Mm. It's just awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Just awesome. That's mm. how frighteningly intimate God wants to be with us. 
not an advisor who we can knock on the door of and ask now and again. No, no, no. Deep within us, he'll say, I'm, I'm going to be part of your DNA from now on in. Awesome. Anyway, listen, thank you so much for uh, enduring this podcast with us and enjoying uh, your company uh, is certainly something that we've been doing. Are we going to do season four? We said it, we'd do three a year. We did three last year. Are we going to do three this year? We've done two so far. Are we going to do another season? Well, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed it. So so I'm up for season four. I think we have a bit of a rest. We've, we've kind of, you know, we've, we've had to rack our brains. We've had to come out with a manifesto that we've kind of signed up to publicly. And I need to go and make sure these six things that I've said I'm going to do as my personal manifesto in a post-COVID world, I'm actually... I'm actually doing so. Um, so yeah, I think that's all. That's all good. So I think we uh, we have a break. We get our our heads together as to about what we could tackle in uh, in season four. But yeah, I think somewhere between now and uh, the end of the year, we should do one more one more waggle dance podcast series for sure. And I'm if, in. And if yeah, good. That's good. And if someone's listening to this now and they're thinking, oh, do you know what? I'd love to hear them talk about how to make my wife more satisfied in bed or whatever it might oh, be. Whatever you were, there it was going be, so well until that there, point. But there might be men out there thinking my wife doesn't feel sexually satisfied. I wonder if these boys can help me with this. That podcast would last about 90 seconds. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Oh dear. But, but you know, seriously, if anybody, I mean, it could well be that, you know, if this might be blokes thinking, I want to talk to someone. I might get, I might get that. We've yeah, done we that. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, we have. did. We've done that. So, yeah. so go back and listen to that. I did. It's I mean, an excellent one. Yeah. It is I learned an awful lot. Which yeah. I in, all, in, in all seriousness, uh, there's, there's one of my closest mates who I, who I work with quite a lot. And he, and he, he's said that he's listened to the podcast and, and I believe it. He said the only one that he wouldn't listen to. You Was talking about one? sex? Yeah, brilliant. So I, don't, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> so, God, honestly, if someone's listening to this and thinking, "Oh, do you know, there's something I'd love those three boys to talk about," because um, nothing's off the table, right? They can. Oh, be for anything. sure. Well, aliens, you've just proved that, haven't you? Yeah. Aliens, zombies, whatever. What? How on earth do they let let us know what it is that they want us to talk about? Because we want them to throw us some ideas so we can put a, a series together in the autumn. She also needs to get Andy for this because there's an email address on the website. Andy, yeah, if they it? go to uh, www.waggledancepodcast.com, there's contact details on there. So, so. waggledancepodcast.com, or you can hit up Dave Cortin or Andy Stewart. Yeah, on the Duncan socials. On That's the right. Socials. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Snapchat. I know Dave's on Bebo and MySpace. <laughs> so... Thanks on TikTok. Can't can't miss that one out. <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, we've loved your company. It's been it's been great to uh, to do these podcasts. We've enjoyed this season immensely, and we really hope it's inspired you to think beyond COVID and think about how you can live a better life post pandemic. But for a final time in this episode or this series of episodes, it's goodbye from me. Bye from me. See you soon. God bless you. All. Cheers. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation and please do subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or your usual podcast provider so that you can catch every episode. Thanks for listening to the Waggle Dance Podcast and see you next time.